even imagine if you could sell a TV show as an NFT. Hmm. And there's and the way that those smart contracts and again, this stuff isn't being necessarily done right now, but it's the same idea. It's the same concept of selling a television show and being attached to that as a creator and a creative and the people who are involved can all be a part of that greater picture and the greater pie both in the creative but also financially yeah well and it's so it's so interesting to think about like what what an nft tv show looks like Welcome back to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, the podcast exploring all things entertainment and Web3. I'm your host, Stephen Ladden, and this week our guest is Ben Silverman. Ben is a Web3 strategist. He's a longtime friend and such such a smart guy. He and I started our entertainment careers back at Creative Artists Agency many moons ago. And as Ben explains in this episode, CAA was the launch pad for him to understand and see trends within entertainment and the, even the skill set to pick up on those trends. And so what he explains in this episode is the lay of the land currently for entertainment and Web3 and, and where things are poised to go in the future and how his background in traditional film and television has helped inform being able to see these trends and, and being able to see where the industry is headed and what we can expect from both a financing uh, side of things and and from the art. Let's dive in. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Uh, you know, Ben, we have known each other for, for some time. Uh, and back in our entertainment days, uh, I know sort of the high level beats uh, of how you initially got into entertainment, but maybe share for those who don't know sort of how the, the, you got into the industry, what your thoughts were on it growing up, how, how you became part of the beast. How, how did it all start? Uh, that's a large question. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, about, I, I think we've known each other for about, about 20 years now, give or take. Um, mm -hmm. we, uh, started back at CAA together back in the day. That's right. And, um, that's, you know, I've, I've always been a, a filmmaker focused really on directing and producing film and television. Uh, ultimately I, I came out and moved to Los Angeles about 2002 and ended up working at the agency, uh, CAA, uh, for about five years. Uh, was in the television packaging department there where I, I learned pretty much the ins and outs as one does of uh, the the TV and film worlds. Um, ended up going to work for a, a feature director where I really was much more focused on developing uh, feature films and part of his uh, commercial advertising world as well, which led me into, I, I've got a lot of these kind of pivots that happened in my life, but ended up uh, getting the advertising and brand background from, from that, that situation and ended up opening my own company uh, and had that for about eight and, uh, eight and a half years or, or give or take, where we were focusing much more on um, VFX, asset creation, commercials, 
digital media, really kind of taking everything that I had done in the past and, and just making a ton of content. And um, at that point, I ended up uh, taking a, a different path and moving away from that world. And I, and I kind of fell in, in a really organic way to the whole NFT world. It's funny because in the entertainment industry and in the, you know, people aren't quite adapting to those terms yet, like NFT and metaverse and cryptocurrency using all of this language, which I think will actually um, change as people adopt. I think the language will change. I think what they are will always remain the same. But it's funny, I say NFT and I try not to because when I do, people kind of shy away in a, in a funny way. I don't know if you've had that experience yet. It's, it's definitely been a, 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 some, some question marks for sure when, 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 that, uh, when NFTs and crypto and, and uh, words of that nature are brought into conversation. Uh, but I do think the resounding sort of feeling amongst folks like yourself and, and both creators and executives on, on either side of the coin, that Web3 crypto, that the space is very much here to stay and, and isn't going away and, and is the future. Um, but in terms of future, I'm curious, did you ever envision yourself, did young Ben ever envision himself at the intersection of entertainment and, and sort of Web3 as you are now? No. <laughs> I, I don't know how I uh, I could because it just got, you know, it, it's just being created. Um, it's funny. People ask me all the time on what what exactly is it and where is it going to go and how is it going to be? But ultimately, you know, we're talking about it right now. And especially, you know, as we speak today, 2022, October it's being imagined. All the biggest companies are jumping in, all the biggest entertainment firms, everybody. I'm having conversations with different types of management companies, agencies, networks, studios, uh, different forms of people being interested and excited. Uh, a lot of people also being, you know, I'm sure what people have heard back in, you know, say like 1999, 2000, oh, this is just a blip. And it's going to go away. And I just, I just don't think people understand what that even means yet. Sure. In, in, in the ultimate, it's akin to, you could say, to, to one big creative project uh, in, in some ways. And, and, to, and to that end, how, how impactful, what, what does your background in filmmaking and in commercials like, and having your own company, how does that inform your understanding of the space and, and how did it help you get into it? Well, I guess to start, I ended up producing a good amount of NFTs and digital content, because if you think about, you know, the beginning of, of what these were, you know, you have these pieces of art, whether it's, you know, it's, it was just digital artwork or if it was CGI assets um, I mean, ultimately, CG and digital assets are what's going to be at the base of a lot of these metaverse or augmented reality or virtual reality experiences. But uh, it's a lot bigger than that. Uh, you know, 
so people who, who come from the world that I come from and that you have come from in your past also, it is almost the same thing, except that it, it's just utilizing different tools to mm. to kind of move forward. Like, you know, I, I look at them like they're Web3 tools, they're blockchain tools, but ultimately the story is really where it all begins. And it's creating a story, finding the backing, finding your community, finding how you engage with a community, which is all entertainment really, really is anyway. It's creating these stories and these worlds and engaging a community and all the the Web3, Metaverse, whatever you want to call it, that that whole universe is really all about community and engagement and um, and sharing these experiences together. Totally. And so what it, what it sounds like you're saying then is really it's your background in storytelling that has been most applicable to the transition, the conversion from call it web two or traditional modes of storytelling to web three and, and the metaverse and stuff like that. Absolutely. Neat. And so on that tip then, were there any pivotal experiences along the way from traditional storytelling, from traditional filmmaking, from traditional commercials where, you know, the light bulb for you started to go off and it was like, Hey, this new direction here, the, the future of the internet, this seems to be like, were there any indications that, that pursuing that path seemed to be the thing? The goal was always to be an entertainer. You know, um, I was never headed towards a tech career. I was never, you know, um, funny enough, I've always been interested in being an entrepreneur and been interested in creating things, um, the business, be it that too, but much more in a creative way, uh, creative businesses, creative content. Um, ultimately, that was it. But the the fact that you can do that in this new way and you can engage with people like never before, but also give creators the ability to use these tools that are coming on the blockchain, give them more um, ways of controlling their income, getting less middlemen involved, and also really being able to hold on to the story and, and, and the feedback of others. It lets those people who were always part of this world anyway you know, hopefully the people who wanted to do this did this for the fans, right? And so when the fans speak back, when the fans speak up and say, oh my gosh, this is what I think, or this is what I think, you're in the different chat rooms, that that creates this world where entertainment and stories can be evolving and they hmm. can change. And you can, you know, and you've seen certain people do that with whether in, in Web 2, web, call it whatever you want, it, it, they've been able to take that feedback and move forward um, and change their story based on the way people were accepting it. And ultimately that gives it back to the community that gives it back to the fans who you're making it for. And what you're doing is, is you're creating a platform where those fans can have more ownership in what you're doing. They can be more involved in what you're doing and you're ultimately making these pieces of content, these creative pieces together and being able to share in the benefits that they create. Now, does that change 
the artistic expression if if you're creating something for a community is it the same thing as creating for yourself and then that art happens to service a community or or is there a difference between creating for a community and creating specifically for yourself or i guess where do, do those is this the merger of those two lines or are those two distinct things i mean that's a really really good question um you know gotta gotta maybe tiptoe around this one uh but <laughs> but but ultimately if you think about it um and this is the hardest part for creatives is to think that there is a business involved with creativity and um and in the end of the day when you are telling stories the goal is is that you're telling it for yourself but in the end of the day when you're sharing your voice when you're sharing your story you ultimately have something to say right mm. that's the that's the place where you're coming from and if you're saying something you're saying it to a group of people to a community to um whether back in the day they were around a campfire then then the newspapers and the radios then tvs then films but you were ultimately always saying it to if you were entertaining or if you were giving people information you were giving it to somebody so if you're saying it for yourself then you you know you can do that for yourself to go back to your question but then you can't expect other people to respond to what you're doing in the way that you probably do want them to. You want, mm. you know, I always remember getting into this. It's like you want to create emotion. You want to you want to get something from somebody else and you want to give something to those people. You know, that's that's does that does that answer your question? I think so. I think it's so much of it is a you could say of art then in that paradigm is a shared experience both between the creator and the audience and and yeah. that stuff in the middle is is kind of what we could call that that's the experience so maybe it's not so much about the intentionality behind the work but rather how the work and the audience interact with it yeah, I mean, I come from the place of being collaborative, you know. Um, I've never gotten into this industry to do anything alone, really. Even if you're in the process of writing alone or if you're editing alone or if you're, you know, creating these experiences, it, it's, it is a collaborative effort, um, whether it comes to having writers with producers, with directors with editors um the idea is is that every point of view once you gather your team you're going to ultimately hopefully listen to the people that you bring into your circle to create these pieces of content and that's the traditional entertainment aspect of it all and the idea that you can then open it up i'm not saying that you know there's going to be different versions of what people want to do with these tools right it's like you can open it up. You don't have to take everybody's feedback. But the idea of saying, hey, I want to create these worlds. I want to let these worlds live on their own. You know, take Marvel, for instance. When you start talking about, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Lord of the Rings, 
or you could you could go through any of these pieces you know star trek you go you go to comic-con and these are the people that are dressing up like these characters it has taken on these role-playing aspects it's taken on a whole life of of its own really so it's it's again you want to include people and it's not going to work for everything sure what is it perhaps about nfts then and their inclusion into more scripted content that makes them work again nfts are you know it's such a bigger term of like what it actually is because to me an nft is ultimately like giving value to another person that's the best way Mm -hmm. i explain it is it somebody having something of value that they want to give to somebody else and the nft is the representation of that value and what i mean by that is 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 it's ultimately not the nft itself the digital asset but it's what that nft holds which is the utility it's it's the it's the um the things that that you know the the experience the access the loyalty programs the memberships the the all of the the things that 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 holding an nft will get you it's almost like a receipt or an access point and that's where mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of these projects not succeed because that's not from the place where they're starting from they're not starting from a place of of value of you know past the nft they're starting from a place where this is what i i'm creating and making but these things live on i mean that's the that's the idea is that these that these pieces of art these assets these digital keys or programs they live on and 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 that's the cool thing about being storytellers and being creatives and creators because now you start thinking to yourself okay well what's the story what's the world i can create that far surpasses this literal this literal gate and this gateway that this is giving to you right and so in many ways it's just a different way it's a more elevated sandbox in which to tell stories yeah how does the concept of nfts and how does the concept of web3 change the way in which storytelling can be told well the first thing it starts with is the community that you're telling it to i think and the way you're trying to engage with the audience. That's, that's, the number, that's the number one thing. I mean, ultimately, Web3 is really all about engagement and community and having direct access to the people you're making these things for. You know, when it's, when it's a brand, it's the products and how people, people interact with the products. When it's, when it's a story, it, it almost lets you throw yourself into a story like never before in um, as much of a way as one wants to be included in, in that, you know? And it, when it comes to, you know, these in real life events that stories kind of expand into and other pieces of content and other, and then you're starting to get into games and you're starting to get into all of these other ways of interacting with these story elements. That's really, you know, 
it's been done before, but in a way that's not connected and that does not give back to the fans, you know, mm. and that does not include them in the way that you know, the new tools will allow for it. You, you know, web web two was really about the social internet. It was about the way of way of communicating socially and on, on all of these networks and having your voice heard and and listening to other voices in this way you benefit it you benefit in a in a greater way because it's not just about being heard you're involved you're benefiting from you're supporting the the entire creation of these stories and that's the that's the real exciting point you know it's being able to really have that back and forth with the people that you're creating it for hmm and so it it's almost like the elevated way in which the audience can interact with the stories, with the art, incentivizes creators to put the audience more top of mind when they're creating whatever it is that they're creating. Exactly. Which then you could say, you know, traditional art, as we know it, say in film and television, do you think better way of phrasing this is do you think that there could be less self-serving projects created as more people adopt storytelling where the audience is more a focal point of those stories? I think going back to what I said before, I think there are probably certain projects that are better to utilize these tools and there still are going to be these more I don't know if self-serving is the word, but these more highly artistic, closed, walled scenarios, there's still going to be a place for those, I think. I don't think, I don't think we're changing, I, I don't think we're trying to change or disrupt the way it has been done in the past. I think Web3 and these tools is an additive to everything. I think besides just giving engagement, you know, and again, it's about looking at it from there is the creative side, there's the business side. This creates a lot more revenue models for the business side of things. It creates a lot of funding models for the ways that people's stories can be funded and actually created. It creates a lot of distribution models of how things can be distributed. And again, I don't think you're going to completely it's not going to be an upheaval of how things were completely financed, dis distributed, written, sold. And again, things are going to, I guess, pivot as it grows and as people understand how to use the blockchain. What are the benefits of the blockchain? Um, what are the benefits of utilizing a metaverse? Whatever that might be to whomever at the current time. It's, you know, to some it's VR, to some it's augmented reality. To some, it's just the interconnectivity of the real world and whether it's digital or whether it's story or whether it's, it's you know, what's in the ether. It's just about how we're going to be interconnected with each other, I think, in a different way. And as storytellers, we're there to guide it. And I mean, ultimately, you're there to create it. And the, the, just to kind of lead into that is, you know, you look at all these things, whether it's the iPhone, 
it's the iWatch. You have you have all these pieces that were created by storytellers, right? And then you know, going back to Star Trek, going back to H.G. Wells, going back to you know Philip K. Dick or Neil Stevenson, like all these people who have created these these ideas, they're now coming to be. The tech is catching up. And the idea that that that's going to change and people are going to be creating, tech is going to be constantly evolving. And if the two can just work together, the things that can be innovated, I think will be just uh, next level. Totally. And and do you think has the tech you mentioned the apple watch and 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 the the iphone has the tech sort of been ahead of the creative in some ways if you were to think of them you know side by side as over the past say decade or so has has the tech kind of pushed a little further beyond the ways in which stories can be told and now suddenly there's more of an alignment perhaps in those two two areas that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I mean, if you think about it, the the storytellers created the idea of the tech mm. for the tech to ever be created. You know, so if you, you know, I, I was actually looking at it from the complete opposite side and saying a lot of these pieces were created by writers right? And then people who were inspired by the writing created the tech. Mm. And the tech has started to expand and the tech has started to grow. But ultimately, it's about the imaginative minds of storytellers and creators and creatives who create this, these ideas that inspire technicians and inspire entrepreneurs to realize what those stories were telling does that does that make sense totally so in many ways it's taking storytelling and taking the storytelling format and applying it not just to stories in the traditional sense of film television books etc but really looking at the stories within the tech that's being created and what and and kind of asking what stories is the tech telling based on as you said, writers, uh, creators, like what, what are we, what narratives are being created based on traditional storytelling in a tech environment? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try and wrap my head around that question. I guess in the end of the day, you have a lot of left brain people, a lot of right brain people, a lot of people who, who think differently and who create differently. You know, some people create objects, some people tell stories. And if you can break down the barriers between those those different types of thoughts, which I think the thing that I've I've noticed is not a lot of creative people can talk talk specifically to the tech people and vice versa in a way that the other understands. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, creative people are coming at it from, from one angle, tech people are coming at it from another angle. Now, if we were able to break down those bridges and really, really huddle those, the, those different types of thinkers in the room, just like in television, you know, writers rooms are filled with much different 
different types of people, you know, getting different voices, different perspectives, um, and really different true understandings of how a situation can be so it can be looked at in different ways and unique ways. Now, if you can expand that into a place where it's not just telling a story, but it's engulfing people in this new reality, it's creating situations, it's giving giving people ownership of those things that they're interested in, and ultimately they're patrons in these things, but then they ultimately become investors in these things in a way that uh, that hasn't been done before. Ultimately, looking at you know the new way of of saying you know of really being involved in your hobbies and your interests and your your you know your stories in a way where you actually have ownership and you're actually helping move this brand or this 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 entity forward you're going to be much more inclined to be much more invested in in those things you're going to build that community you're going to get your friends in you're going to you're ultimately going to be you know sticking to storytelling you're ultimately going to be the, become like the best marketing effort for these for these films for these shows for these live events, because again, the the reality I think is going to all blend together where it's, you know, in the end of the day or in, you know, the way it has been in traditional media is like, you're all, you're searching for an end goal. There's mm. a film at the end of the rainbow. That's what your fans are going to go to. And there is a television show that your, your fans will eventually get to watch. But imagine if, Instead of just saying, hey, in two years, I'm going to give you this film. Or in a year, you're going to see this show that I've been working three years to create. You're going to be able to say, okay, cool. Here's that film or TV show that's going to come. But I'm going to now start giving you other stories. I'm going to get you involved in this world. I'm going to start creating. We're going to have these types of events that you're going to be able to engage at and with. You're going to be able to, to ultimately participate in and, and feel like you're a part of this movement and not just feel like you're someone being sold to. Hmm. As you said, you're an active participant. You're, you're actively engaging with, at the end of the day, art, a product, that you can also be a patron of. So it's really kind of diversifying the way in which people can interact with, with art in a way that they haven't ever before on, on a, as you're saying, on a much deeper level. On the creative side, absolutely. But then think about even on the business side of these creators being able to, you know, have more ownership on the things that they're creating. So, so as a creator of a piece of art or a piece of content, you're ultimately giving it away to somebody else in order to have the opportunity to make your art because somebody has to pay and fund that for you. And then somebody has to say, oh, you know, I accept that and I'm going to put this on network television or on cable television or, hey, I'm going to distribute this in my film, you know, in my my theater, or I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. 
when now it's going to be really interesting because if you start getting further into the idea of the business side of things, um, you're going to be able to, you know, say, hey, here's my art, here's my idea, and you can get it funded. But even imagine if you could sell a TV show as an NFT. Hmm. And there's and the way that those smart contracts, and again, this stuff isn't being necessarily done right now, but it's the same idea, it's the same concept of selling a television show and being attached to that as a creator and a creative and having it not necessarily all taken from you in those same same ways. It can become more collaborative and the people who are involved can all be a part of that greater picture and the greater pie, both in the creative, but also financially. Yeah. Well, and it's so cur- it's so interesting to think about like what, what an NFT TV show looks like, you know, how does that, how does that break out? How is it distributed? You know, how, how do the NFTs themselves play a role in the content that is created? You know, are, are they based on characters that are then in the show, uh, future characters, and that impacts new mints and new drops? Like, I think it's really interesting to even think about it because from what you're describing too, I mean, the, the future of that in some ways is, is happening. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, tr- I'm thinking about it a little differently because like, yes, the NFTs, you can, you can create a bunch of cats or you can create a bunch of animated characters and then those characters can end up in a show and whoever owns that character can participate in that series. Those are some of the things that are being done. But imagine if you literally had a TV show that you sold to a network as an NFT and the the actual entity of that that show had that contract because ultimately the NFT mm. is based off of you know these smart contracts and the blockchain and all all of these things that are just a little bit more transparent so when things are triggered you the people aren't questioning it because it's part of the smart contract and i think smart contracts are going to evolve in a way where where they really are going to allow creators to, you know, the whole, the, when it comes to the whole like union system, even like getting into all of the unions, getting into all of the ways that money is re- reported when films uh, make money and TV shows make money. A lot of those numbers aren't necessarily always available to the creators. Uh, so you don't know though, you, you don't always know. Right. How how your film is doing and whatnot. But that that I think in the future will change. And in terms of these smart contracts, you you kind of touched on it prior. Uh, This isn't just something with respect to a TV deal that would be impacted. I mean, we're talking across the board from, you know, each part of the traditional call it Hollywood contract branding licensing you know the, the 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 smart contract has sort of a sea of possible ramifications in a lot of different ways how do you foresee you know the the smart contract itself handling some of those wide range of of uh impacted avenues i mean that's the exciting part right um because in the past, 
you know, a graphic designer would get hired to make a logo or make make something or an idea or there's a shirt or there's a hat and maybe that hat turned into Nike, right? Or a hat or like something else turned into something something bigger than what it was just, you know, a person, an artist was hired to do. Now imagine if if you created this idea, this thing, and then it spawned into merchandise and it spawned into a bigger business and it spawned into a, however many different, you know, revenue models, like those smart contracts can hold that person who created it as a part of the, you know, one of the people who benefit from that in whatever way that smart contract was created. So I think creatives are going to benefit the most from this because, you know, I, I don't think the whole system is worked out yet. And I think there's a lot of things, you know, I don't think there's a, such a thing as an expert in this business right now because everybody's trying to figure it out. But but to be able to be to be in a place where where you're trying to to create and help others make sure that they benefit from their own creations is exciting to me. Totally. And and to that end with with creators you're saying perhaps benefiting the most do creatives storytellers in general have a leg up on the average person trying to figure out the space i don't think so because they're not focused on that i think that's the that's the the key to your you know a lot of a lot you know hmm. A lot of creatives don't really want to focus on the business aspect because that that does sometimes hinder their creativity because when you're focused so much, you know, as a creative, you don't want to focus so much on that end goal or that other things of what you're trying to create in the bigger the bigger picture. But but the idea is, is to try and and this goes back to like looking at what agencies are doing, what management companies are doing, what the the infrastructure of the entertainment world looks like today and how they can change to ultimately assist with that. Because, because I think if creatives got so focused on that, their, their creative might hurt. Totally. It, do you think then are, are agencies and management companies going to still have the same trend-setting mechanism that they currently do in, in traditional film and television. You know, and by who knows? But yeah, by trend setting to, to, to elaborate on that, it's, you know, a lot of, you could say certainly when we were, were back in agency land, a, a lot of other companies took their lead from the actions of these bigger agencies and management companies. So if say these larger companies are delving into the space and carving out new ways of interacting in those spaces, do you think it's just going to be the same ripple effect where other people are saying, oh, hey, look at what agency X and management Y are doing. Let's let's try to follow suit. It always is a form of that, isn't it? Um, I think so. <laughs> it it, it I seems. Mean, well, because they're in a place where they can they can focus on on that because their infrastructure is built that way 
and they represent talent. And in the end of the day, their goal as a, I mean, different goals for agencies and managers, but their goal is, is to help build out the universe of their creatives and their creators and their visionaries. And I think it will probably fall in their, in their job category to, to do that. And that's why you see all these, you know, these big, big agencies, CAA is highly invested in, in Web3 and NFTs and different companies. Like I think I saw UTA today might have announced their investment in Web3 companies. Um, I, all of the big agencies are doing it. All the management companies, I know a lot of ones I've talked to are tipping their toes in. And um, then you look at places like Fox, I believe it's Blockchain Labs is, is a Fox company that they're, they're wanting to invest $100 million or something like that into these worlds. You know, you have places like MoonPay partnering with Universal and Fox for Hyperminted. All these things are happening. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people don't know it yet. They don't see it yet. So they say this, this is all just, again, a blip or this is all like, it's just going to be this thing in the, you know, in the past soon. But um, I remember when I was, when I was at the agency, I remember we got a call uh, from somebody and this was how to be in like 2005 or six. And this person, you know, you know, had said, you know, they they just want to create uh, how-to videos, and it sounded like the craziest thing in the world. <laughs> it's like who the heck is gonna want to sit there and watch a bunch of how-to videos all the time? Look how that. Anytime did. I need to know anything, I look <laughs> yeah, up a how-to yeah. video. Huge market, right? Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. We thought it was kind of silly and ridiculous. And, and little do we know, like 15, 16 years later. How, how to is a, is a burgeoning industry. Yeah. Yeah. From how it used to be that you had to, uh, you had, you had to purchase how to for dummies and read that book, whatever category. And then all of a sudden (laughs) how to videos supplanted that almost overnight. Funny. With respect to creatives and you know the the agency trends and everything like that it sounds like creatives themselves agencies then just have another avenue to pursue for their clients the creatives as you said the creatives the visionaries in terms of just helping each if they wanted to mine their create and mine their own universe and their own world in this new era is that is that fair to say yeah I mean, if you think about it, it takes something, you know, I keep saying, I'll go back to Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? You go back and say, Marvel built out this world. And it was guided by, you know, it was was guided in a brilliant way. And they built out this world with fan engagement. And and in a way, I mean, it's it's almost like a perfect Web3 opportunity if it were, you know, around today. And I'm sure they're... Marvel's working on their whole Web3 strategy. But but if you think about everybody individually almost being able to do their own version of that and create these universes, utilize their creative abilities, 
Um, it's going to go back to the creatives, though. It's because it's not not everybody is a world builder, and not everybody not everybody wants to tell a story that that lives on like that in that sort of a way. And that's where I say, like, look, there's going to be high art. There's going to be, you know, dramas. There's going to be all sorts of different, you know, things and content that that will stay in the same world that we all know it potentially <laughs> might interact with it differently via via blockchain and via purchases and and engagement but but when we're talking about the stuff that I really get excited about and interested in is just is that world building something way bigger than yourself and having a place to engage and really being able to be a part of these stories and get obsessed with things and excited and how do you how do you turn like an adventure in you know some of this stuff is already happening but you know you have like an adventure in Lord of the Rings how do you then bring it into like a real life situation how do you how do you have people interact um financially like you know then you start getting into all these watch to earn play to earn sort of uh, scenarios uh, brushing over that, but that'll be really interesting. Owning data, being able to, you know, I'm kind of going into different areas, but like these are the things that excite me. But movie tickets, music tickets, when you leave, like if if they were all NFTs, when you leave, having a way to engage with those properties, film festivals, theater festivals, finding ways where you start thinking about wallets differently. And NFTs differently. Imagine if you were going to a film festival and instead of a badge, you got a wallet. And instead of tickets, you got NFTs. Like, how can filmmakers interact with the people as they leave these theaters? How can how can you engage in a way where it used to just be able to say, yeah, I'm going to go see this movie. And that's, you know, you'll talk about it. But imagine if filmmakers had access to tell you more, to build that out more, that like that could be really exciting. Absolutely, and it and it just makes it as you as you're describing it. I'm I'm envisioning all those different sort of tributaries from from the Web three river, and it's like there's just a lot affecting. There's a lot affected by advancements in the space, and and the more you unpack and think about one sector, I mean, we're just on this conversation talking about entertainment but if you start to build it out i mean this is this is going to have ramifications beyond just entertainment i mean you start to think about industry by industry and then all of a sudden things really start to get a little more complex which do you think because of the communal aspect of a decentralized way of creating and conducting business is entertainment going to have its own bubble as it currently exists in the traditional form in the web three world like is that is that kind of bubble still going to exist in the same way that it does now i mean the people in the bubble probably see it much more <laughs> as a bubble sure you know but like if you look at any industry it's it's all the same you know it's the people it's it's when you're in an industry or you're working in an industry or people in your family are in an industry, it consumes your life because that's what you're, you're talking about your job. You're talking about your work. You're talking about your creations. Film and entertainment is a little different because your creations become the talk 
of everybody else around their tables and whatnot. Um, but there are going to be, you know, it could literally live on anywhere, probably in the, the bigger brands and the bigger, uh, you know, IP and, and that whole world, you're going to see a lot more interactivity and engagement because the escapism hmm. aspect of it is, is really what it is. It's, it's, you're escaping from your daily life with this story from this person who created it. And, you know, you're going on this adventure because you want to not think about the day that you just had. You sit down in front of your TV or you put on your augmented reality goggles and like, you know, it's going to be different. Yeah, no question. And in, in, in the same way that I think you alluded to it before, the, the internet was different, you know, the late... 90s early 2000s you know we noticed a shift and i mean you remember when internet speeds were a thing of conversation and, and i'm sure they still are in, in in some ways but not back then it was we, when you had cable internet it was moving from dial up to cable was a huge shift that people were talking about you know so yeah it's interesting to think how the transition will continue just on a baseline level how the new technology will continue to affect and be the source of conversations aside from entertainment being an outlet, the, the, the conversations of what's happening in the space from a technological perspective in the space is also going to be something people will talk about. And in terms of what people are talking about and well, you know, let's, let's get to what excites you with, with being a web three strategist, what, what does that encompass? What does your day to day look like? You know, what, what are, how are you relating professionally to the world, you know, with a background in filmmaking and, and commercials and stuff like that? It's funny. It's, it's about having the, the conversations, you know, the same conversations with a lot of people. Um, you, you, uh, you know, who's interested and you know, who's not. How do, how do you know? I start to roll over, <laughs> uh, you know, when I, I, I think anybody who, who is in web three or NFTs have, uh, mentioned the word NFT and web three and metaverse and blockchain. How many times, uh, in a day you're pumped about it. Then you talk to a lot of people who are in their day to day lives. And they're not into that and they're not really wanting change or they think change is silly or they don't think that that is the change or there any, they just can't wrap their heads around what you're talking about. That's usually mm. about two minutes or under <laughs> and the, and in two minutes, if they start asking questions, yeah, then, then it's a whole different conversation. But, um, I find it really exciting to, to talk to a lot of people, to go to some of these conferences, to um, find ways to adapt people who think differently and, and kind of take these tools and find ways for, for making them come around and really understanding how it could benefit them. And I think that's the, that's the most exciting thing. And for me, my day-to-day -to -day is just really, it's really to talking to as many people as possible and 
And at first it's getting them to understand what's coming or like seeing my, you know, my vision of what, what I believe the future is. And then if, if, if the, if there is a connected vision or if there's a connected thought, then you start going deeper and then you try and find ways that you can help that person do it. And then you could, whether it's a person in a film or TV project, whether it's a person at a brand, whether it's a musician, if it's, you know, because if you, if you think about it, like, I could probably throw a dart at every industry on the wall and come up with ideas how people can change their industry. But that's what people are spending millions, if not billions of dollars on today. Like all the biggest companies, like are like literally you got, you got like Apple, Google, Facebook, Meta, Google just partnered with Coinbase to accept crypto for their cloud uh, offerings. Like you're all of these companies are, doing it behind the scenes you just don't see it yet if you're not in it Hmm. well ben what what do you think the next six to to six months to year you know what can we expect perhaps you know your your prediction well it's hard to predict because it's all as you said happening as we speak what does the next six months to a year in entertainment look like from, you know, an advancement perspective or where, where all these technologies that we've been talking about or the uses of the technologies that we've been talking about? Where, how does it all coalesce? What does it look like? What's the map? Uh, if, if you had to kind of give us your insights there. Um, well, I think, I think we are, it's interesting because, it takes time to create and it takes time to adopt and to adapt. And ultimately I think people are starting to adapt and trying to educate themselves and understand what this is. And the more other brands come in, the more entertainment companies come in. Disney is fully invested. Fox is fully invested. Universal is invested. All of the biggest studios out there are invested in this. Now, being able to see those initiatives and then have them actually act on them, all the agencies are invested very, very fully in a lot of new web tool, web three tools that people don't even know about today. And to, to say in the next six months, you're probably going to see a, a lot more announcements of projects, probably a lot of companies that are interested in getting in over the next year to two years, you're probably going to start seeing projects that people have been working on for two years come to fruition. You're probably going to start seeing more of these. You're going to probably see a lot of failed initiatives, but then you're going to start seeing ones that aren't failed. And then the more and more that are not failures, the more and more that do well and bring more revenue streams to creators that allow creators to build worlds in different ways, the then they're going to talk to their groups and engagements and then their friends and other creators. And then you're, you're going to start seeing a spread probably of other people wanting to get involved in this type of a world. And then you're going to see places like Starbucks come out with their Odyssey program, which is a web, their new Web3 loyalty program. And like, 
all like you know you you look at places like you know you have Gucci and you have um these Hugo Boss all these places getting involved fashion is big but that isn't I think as in your face if you're not in one of these big cities like mm-hmm. New York, LA, Miami with that in your face but the second you start seeing someone like Starbucks become more successful that's on every corner everywhere and you start seeing more people adopt through their their passport and stamps, which is not even the language that Web3 users are talking about right now, you're going to start seeing people adopting this world where it's just the next evolution and they don't really understand that it's any different. Hmm. They're benefiting from it, though. Right. I I do think that you're going to see a lot more of it. Um, Whether or not you're going to know if you haven't been involved is the big question. Well, it sounds like we'll have to just wait and see. Yeah. Well, fascinating stuff. Uh, This has been another episode of the Lights, Camera, Crypto podcast. Ben Silverman, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, a podcast produced by Matt Solon and Decentral Media. Music by Brian Duncan and Kareem Himes. 